Welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. My name is Brianna, and welcome to week six, day three. And today we are starting into a teaching on God's established family and our relationships in the body of Christ with one another. So hopefully the Lord will really minister to you personally on this, because on the other side of the microphone, um, you're struggling with different issues than I will ever know. Everyone who listens to this has a different life, a different walk, different relationship struggles, but we all have the same good father if we love Jesus Christ as son and we have faith in him. So today we're going to start with Ephesians 4, and um, we're digging into this new chapter. I love this. And my heading in the NIV UK is Unity and Maturity in the Body of Christ. Now, remember that those headings were added later, that when Paul wrote this, he didn't put that heading in there, and he didn't put the chapters in there. So this is a natural flow out of what he just wrote in chapter 3, the prayer about the unity of the body of Christ. And at the end of that prayer, in chapter 3, he says, um, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. So together we have power. And together we have more power than we have by ourselves. Now, I can't remember off the top of my head if I've shared this in a previous podcast, but I'm going to share it now. If the Lord gives every single believer 100% of his power, that person is going to be like stronger than Captain Marvel in the Marvel comics or any of these other superheroes. So God doesn't do that. He gives his power and he divides it up in his body with gifts. Now we're going to get into that more in week seven and how the gifts and the offices and the body work. But because as an individual, I don't have 100% of the spiritual gifts. I have 100% of the spirit, but I don't have 100% of the revelation outside of God's word. I do have God's word, but God gives different people callings. Like there are ministries out there, creation ministries that, that really focus and they have a calling from God on teaching about creation and science, and they're really driven, and they just have their eyes on that and their hearts on that, and they're driven by the Holy Spirit in that. You have people out there that do counseling ministries. My dad has small voice ministries, and he does counseling. Um, It's available on um, Skype or locally in the Northern Virginia area, but he has a heart for counseling, and he's gifted spiritually for counseling. And then there are other people that are gifted in other areas, and literally God wants us to need each other. So we're not in Christ 100%. um, We have 100% of what we need in Christ, but some of that the Lord has deposited in other believers. He will not give you everything you need apart from the body of Christ. It's very important that you understand this, that relationships in the body of Christ are 100% important to having 100% of what God wants you to have. So we have power in this type of prayer when we're rooted and established in love. So when our relationships are rooted and established in the love of Christ for one another and sacrificial love and bearing with one another in love, we have a power together 
to grasp the depth of Christ's love beyond any human can grasp. And we have spiritual power beyond what we could ever have individually. And when that happens, we are filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And in this, in the body, we have immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. We see a picture of this in marriage where God brings two people together that are different. I mean, not just gender-wise, like a man and a woman, but you see, um, and you see different, like, okay, men think like this, women think like this, men have, you know, men are this way, women are that way. Um, But personality-wise even, usually you marry somebody who's different than you, who complements your weaknesses with their strengths. And that's usually why you're attracted to them um, because they bring out the best in you simply by the fact that they need your strengths and you need their strengths. And then when you get married, a lot of the times it's their weaknesses that really grate on you. And it's it's difficult when somebody has a weakness and you're kind of stuck in that <laughs> marriage covenant And you can't get away from it, especially if you're walking in unforgiveness. But when we learn to walk and be rooted and established in love, then those weaknesses that we um, see in another person or we feel in ourselves um, are not going to hinder the relationship. In fact, they're going to help the relationship because it says in Corinthians that God's grace is sufficient for us and his power is made perfect in our weaknesses. So if we really learn to be tuned into the Lord and listen to the Lord and walk in a biblical, spirit-filled way, even our weaknesses will strengthen the marriage. Why? Because it will require the other person to sacrificially love us. And then it will require us to be thankful to that person. And it will show that each of us need one another in our weaknesses. And then the Lord can grow us and change us where we are weak. And then the other person can say, wow, look at what God has done in my wife or look at what God has done in my husband. And it may take time and it will take time because you're together for a lifetime So it's an adventure. Um, But the same thing happens in your relationships in the body of Christ. So let's just look. um, Let's look at this. uh, (laughs) Remember, one last thing is that this is all to God's glory, that our relationships can bring glory to God, and that is his intention. So let's read Ephesians 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of, of the calling you have received. You may say, but Brianna, none of us are worthy of salvation. None of us are worthy of Jesus. We're all wretched. We're wretched. Okay. Yes. But if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness, to raise your spirit up to life and to fill you with his spirit, and not only his spirit, but your spirit is raised up to life. So you have the ability in Christ to live a life worthy. So let's just do that there. Let's say that many people never move past the door of salvation. They just stay in that, like, I'm just a wretch who needs Jesus. Mm, Yes, you are. But Jesus didn't intend you to constantly live in that that um, frame of mind. It's like a seesaw. You can always, 
you know, or a, or a balance, uh, the balancing scales, you always have to remember that you are unable to live a life worthy from for the Lord in your own power or strength, that you're only made worthy in Christ and you're only cleansed by Christ, but then you have to realize the balance on the other side is that God empowers believers with strength and might to do good works, which he had planned in advance for them to do. So he sanctifies us. So that is a very important as you look at this. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Um, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Oh, I'm going to stop for a second because the Lord recently showed me this. Um, there's another prayer in Colossians. Colossians has a fantastic prayer, um, just like Ephesians. It's Colossians 1, uh, 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask, oh, this sounds familiar, doesn't it? We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Why? So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. So our Father qualifies us to share in the inheritance of his holy people and in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So this is a prayer that Paul prays that we would continually be filled with the knowledge of God's will through all wisdom and understanding. So as we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be given to us through the Holy Spirit, and we pray for God to open our eyes and our hearts so that we can live a life worthy of the Lord, we will. And here's some ways that is included that, that's included in that is number one, bearing fruit in every good work. God, help me by the power of your spirit as I know your will to bear fruit in every good work. Number two, help me to grow in the knowledge of you, in intimacy with you, God, in practical knowledge. Number three, Lord, in the name of Jesus, strengthen me with all power according to your glorious might so that I can have great endurance and patience. Now that takes us back to Ephesians because in Ephesians, it says that we are to be completely humble and gentle and patient. Now, how do we? How can we be these things? How can we be completely humble, gentle, and patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace? Number one, it's just what it says in Colossians chapter one, that this is through God's mighty strength in us. So when you need God's mighty strength in you in a difficult relationship, you got to ask for it. Paul includes it in his prayer for a reason. You need to go before the Lord if you're struggling with a person that is difficult. Maybe you have a heart to serve God. You have a heart to seek after God. You have a heart to reconcile the relationship. Maybe your spouse has some brokenness and they're unwilling to even budge in a certain area. Well, guess what? How do you bear with that? Do you just cut them off? You fight fire with fire. It says, be completely humble. Now, humility is <laughs> be completely humble and gentle. Humility, it says, and I, I love um, helps word studies. And if you don't 
have this um, this Bible tool. It's a fantastic Bible tool. Um, it is called Discovery Bible, and you can go to the discoverybible.com to get a software for your computer. It's fantastic for helping you to look up the, the Greek and Hebrew. Um, it's also, you can use um, Bible Hub. But it says, humility is an inside-out virtue produced by comparing ourselves to the Lord rather than to others. This brings behavior into alignment with this inner revelation to keep one from being self-exalting, self-determining, self-inflated, etc. For the believer, humility means living in complete dependence on the Lord with no reliance on the flesh. So in a relationship, number one, humility. We compare ourselves with God. We don't compare ourselves with the other person or with anybody else at all, or even ourselves. We compare ourselves to God. And when we look at how completely humble and how completely servant-like Jesus is, that gives us pause. So we're going to dig into this more tomorrow. So come back tomorrow as we seek more wisdom from the Lord on how to resolve difficult relationship issues and how to have a healthy relationship in Christ. So God bless you and have a fantastic day of study with the Lord. 